Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 44 of the Computer Business Marketing Show. Today's episode is brought to you by TechSite Builder. TechSite Builder is a hosted website builder that allows you to quickly and easily get a clean, professional, and effective website up and running for your IT business. Save time and frustration with TechSite Builder. Learn more at TechSiteBuilder.com. It's also brought to you by IT Owners Compass. Get help navigating your IT business with expert speakers, in-depth workshops and labs, panel discussions, and fun social events. This August 24th through the 26th in Chicago. Get your tickets at itocompass.com. On today's episode, I have business advisor Christian Mostert on to talk about why business operations and strategy are crucial pieces of the marketing puzzle. We actually cover a lot of topics in this episode, including hiring, uh, finding software tools, finding a niche, branding, and how riding a sled in the snow can help you market your business. <laughs> You're going to want to stick around for that. All that and so much more coming up right now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Computer Business Marketing Show. If you own or work in an IT services business, this is the place to be to learn how to get more clients, keep them happy, and grow your revenue. You can watch, download, and or subscribe to all show episodes at computerbusinessmarketing.com. You can also catch our live stream on Facebook every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern. Just be sure to like the Tech Site Builder Facebook page, then click the following tab and select See First. So that every time we go live, it'll jump to the top of your news feed. And I can tell the people who've done that because every time we go live, there's a, the, the, few, the group of people that always show up every time. And I think that's because they did that. And they know, you know, as soon as we go live, um, we show up and then they can hop on. And we have fun. We do a little pre-show here and we, we talk to folks in the chat room, see how they're doing, see where they're coming from. And we give them kind of a preview of what the show is going to be about. So we'd love to have you guys join us live on Facebook again every 7 p.m. Eastern. And just be sure to like the Tech Site Builder page. All right. So today we have uh, an awesome topic. This one we're going to kind of get to dig into, kind of dig deep into your business and discover how your business operations and your business strategy can help impact and improve your marketing. Uh, and so we're going to kind of use an analogy of like building a house on a foundation and you want that solid foundation. The house is like your marketing and this foundation is like your business and you want that business to be solid and running smoothly um, or else, you know, the marketing you can market is, is have the best marketing team in the world. But if you're marketing a, a pile of poop, <laughs> then, <laughs> you know, it's uh, not going to get you too far. Right. And uh, our guest is uh, Christian Mostert. And uh, he is the founder of Aspire Advisory Group. And that's where he advises a small and medium businesses uh, who are in technical fields with their strategy uh, of development and deployment, provides them with turnkey accounting and internal operation support. Uh, so welcome, Christian. Thanks for being on. Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, no problem. So uh, hang tight. We're going to uh, get to that interview in a second. I just kind of got a couple housekeeping things I want to do. Uh, first of all, just want to mention, uh, as always, the uh, IT Owners Compass, which is the um, the event that uh, myself and a couple other uh, computer business owners and podcasters are putting together. It's being held in Chicago, 
And uh, it is uh, going to be the place to go to get guidance on how to grow your computer business and take it to the next level. So um, it's called IT Owner's Compass. You can learn more at itocompass.com. Just want to remind you guys, we do have an awesome keynote speaker. That is Michael Michalowicz, who is the author of The Pumpkin Plan, Profit First, The Toilet Paper Entrepreneur. Great author, great speaker. That's going to be a lot of entertaining, fun, and a lot of great actionable takeaways from that keynote. He's also going to be joining us on a boat trip uh, on that that Saturday where he's going to be signing uh, copies of his book for us and just hanging out with us and having a good time. I think that's going to be awesome because it's going to be a, there's going to be a bar on the boat <laughs> and it's going to be a bunch of you know computer business owners and, and folks just hanging out, talking shop and talking other stuff. So that's going to be fun. We're also going to have lots of actionable um, sessions and uh, speakers, workshops, panels. We're still putting together the details of that, but we're super close to releasing a, uh, a list of, of some of the things that we're going to be doing. But head on over to itocompass.com and check in from time to time because we are updating that website occasionally. Like we've just added an About Us page. We just added some more details under location about the venue, about parking and travel. So if you, know, you want to know how to get there from the airport, uh, we put together a bunch of uh, you know, detailed information about how to get there, what parking is going to cost. We also want to announce that we've uh, partnered with Spot Hero to give you a discount on parking in the parking garages around Chicago, including the one right next to the venue. So uh, if you get a ticket to the event, we'll send you a code, a discount code that you can use through the Spot Hero app, and that'll get you a discounts on all of Spot Hero's partner garages, which there are tons all over Chicago, including right around the venue. So, so that's cool. Um, we're also working on lots of other cool partnerships with local Chicago vendors. Um, we're going to have lots of great food at the event. So just keep on checking the, the website. We're always adding stuff there. The one thing you do want to do soon, though, is book your tickets. If you haven't purchased your tickets for ITO, uh, IT Owners Compass, do that now. We are getting close to our limit. Uh, we have only limited capacity in this co-working space that we're holding this event. Uh, we're going to be able to hold, you know, just shy of a hundred people in there. So we want to make sure that you, we get you in there and we are getting close to selling out. So make sure you uh, get your tickets soon. Uh, again, this is going to be, I, I don't think I mentioned this yet in uh, Chicago, August 24th through the 26th and it's IT Owners Compass. Get more info at itocompass.com. Also, don't forget the uh, newsletter, the Computer Business Marketing Newsletter. If you want a weekly dose of inspiration to help you get some new ideas for how to market your, uh, your computer business, go on over to computerbusinessmarketing.com, sign up for that newsletter, and every week we'll send you, every Wednesday we send out a newsletter with uh, an updated podcast, updated videos that I've recorded or any new blog, uh, blogs I've written. And then we also have lots of other helpful marketing tips from different places around the internet, like entrepreneur.com and uh, ducttapemarketing.com and a bunch of different feeds that we curate and give to you. We try to focus in on just the things that will be helpful to you as a computer business owner. So lots of great tips. We even uh, highlight some of the discussions going on in the Facebook group. Um, lots of fun stuff in that newsletter. So check that out at computerbusinessmarketing.com. All right, without further ado, let's jump into our interview. Uh, for those who are just joining us, we're, we have uh, as a guest with us, Christian Mostert. He is the founder of Aspire Advisory Group, 
where he advises small business, uh, small and medium businesses, SMBs in uh, technical fields with their strategy development and deployment, and provides them with turnkey accounting and internal operation support. Um, he's got a, a very interesting background. So instead of me talking about that, I'll let you, Christian, kind of give us the rundown on um, you know your history, a little bit about where you came from, and what led you to to uh, running Aspire Advisory Group. Okay, great. Thanks. Uh, yeah, so um, I came out of a technical background. I got a master's in geography and I did. I worked for uh, ESRI for several years in advising small and local governments on GIS uh, implementations. And from there, I was hired by uh, an environmental engineering company based on Long Island, New York, uh, to be their GIS manager. Took over that role and manage the department. And two years into that, I was promoted to the chief operating officer role, um, which the owner created specifically to promote me into, I guess. Nice. And uh, yeah, kind of the way people say, well, what did you do in that role? And not being an engineer by trade, maybe I'll understand that I did pretty much everything but the engineering. You know? <laughs> right. and, and, and by that, I literally mean like, uh, the sales strategy, accounting, finance, payroll, I mean, run payroll several times, hiring, firing, you, you know, all the aspects that really, it, that it takes to run and um, manage a business. Um, and that then, I've always had an entrepreneurial itch ever since I was a very young kid and finally decided that it was time to uh take the operation skills that I had developed there and um, go out and help other owners run their businesses. Cause I, I found, I really enjoyed doing that more than say the GIS or, or, you know, we were kind of a, you eat what you kill firm. So <laughs> interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, I found I liked, you know, preparing and managing the company more so than, uh, sitting down and creating geodatabases. So I created Aspire and nice. been doing that ever since. You know, started that in 2015 and still going. Awesome. Yeah, I yeah. think, you know, um, you, you mentioned like you, you you didn't do the engineering, but you did everything else. And that everything else, is it's, it's a lot. Uh, and a lot of people, when they start a business, they don't think about um, all that it takes to run a business, especially when you get to a certain level, you start to have to hire employees and, and right. you, you kind of, you can't be doing the work of the business anymore. You have to actually be like running the business and, uh, and, and that right. can be overwhelming. That can be confusing. Um, so maybe scary. we start with yeah. scary. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, sure. Especially hiring that first employee, that can be the most terrifying thing for any business owner. Cause now you're not only responsible for yourself, but you have somebody else that you have to pay every two weeks or month or whatever the situation. It's like a big responsibility. Yeah, absolutely. It's like having a child, you know. <laughs> so, so let's 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 take it like maybe up to that point. So okay. someone who's who's starting a business or kind of growing it as a solo consultant, what are some of the things they need to be thinking of as they're starting and growing their business to uh, you know build it the right way? Real, okay. Well, I always like to start with what where are you going? Like, what are your end goals? You know, I don't think many people actually start with the end in mind, but that's mm -hmm. sort of like going off on a trip and not knowing where you're going and just, you know, wandering around. Uh, start with the destination and then let's work backwards. Or do you want, do you even want to grow the business to the point that it has employees? Like that's critical to understanding 
in terms of how you set up kind of the back of the house or the foundation of, of the business, you know, um, uh, so also, say we do, we do yeah. want to, um, and maybe we can get to this later, but if, if yeah. we, we do want to get to the point where we can hire employees and kind of grow to that point, what are some of the things we need to be thinking about while it's just us to prepare well, for that? You to prepare for like how to bring the employee in or. Yeah. Okay. Um, you have to go back to your financials and kind of look at your run. Like how many accounts do you have? How much time are you spending servicing the accounts compared to um, what you could pay somebody to service them for you? Are you able to divide your time and go sell and service the accounts in and still have a life beyond it? Or is it you are so slammed you can only service accounts? If, if, if that's the case where you're so slammed you're not selling anymore, it's time to start considering hiring. Um, it, when you hire somebody, think about the role you need. Uh, I would say think about the lowest level person you can bring in to help you um, to take over the res- responsibilities that are uh, like the menial tasks or just the repetitive tasks that you can offload. Your, your role as the owner is to be the visionary and the strategic thinker in, in, in guiding your ship. So you shouldn't be, you know, uh, pumping the bilge or something if we're using a ship metaphor, but you know, uh, so find, find that role. That's also the least costly way to, to bring somebody in because you don't have to pay them as much as, you know, uh, bringing in a partner, like a senior database administrator, like that, that's going to cost a pretty penny. So Right. And I, I see um, IT and computer repair businesses um, doing this a lot where they look to the first hire they make is like a technician that is kind of at the same level that they are. Like they basically sure. want to replace themselves in the, the day-to-day technical work right. that they're doing. Perfect. When I think it might serve them better to find, like you said, someone to do those, like an assistant or an office assistant or something like that to do yeah. the menial tasks that really take up all the time, but don't take, you know, that those years of experience that you've had, you know, in IT. Right, do. exactly. And, and those are the things, bookkeeping can be an enormous headache for an own, owner, uh, keeping track of your receipts and doing all that, logging it, invoicing uh, can be a major headache. Um, you know, I, I one, one computer business MSP that I worked with, I started working with him specifically because he was six months behind on his billing. Hmm. You know, it's a bad place to be. That's very bad. Your cash flow is obviously not much, if anything. Um, but it was he was struggling to just catch up with billing his clients in a timely manner and being clear on the billing. And as such, the money wasn't coming in. He didn't have the money to pay somebody else. So we cut, we worked it out where we could put somebody in part-time. Uh, we implemented some technology resources so that he could capture and bill his time more quickly. But we used a bookkeeper to do that. I think a bookkeeper is like, like you were saying with the assistant, an assistant and a bookkeeper, uh, they tend to be pretty low cost. Um, I've seen like 15 to $20 an hour for, for those level of people, depending on, you know, depending on where you are in the country or world. But um, yeah, you only, you only need a couple hours a week for them to really keep the, that aspect of the business churning and running so that then you have the money to start branching out into your technical people. And it makes a huge difference. Even the, a couple hours a week help with some of that stuff can really just right. not only free up your time, but kind of free up your, 
your stress and your your mind to to think, like you said, to to be the visionary for the business. That's right. Not get bogged down and all that stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. Now you you mentioned this. Um, this was you were working with an MSP uh, who who was kind of behind on their on their uh, invoicing. Um, is there anything else through your work with other kind of computer services businesses that you've any other mistakes, operational mistakes like this that you've seen them make? Um, I've seen where they hesitate to implement, say, uh, like an RMM solution or an endpoint solution, uh, like uh, Autotask or ConnectWise or one of those. Mm-hmm. Um, mainly the cost can be very intimidating because they, the, the, at least from what I've seen, they'll, they, they tend to kind of lock you into a monthly contract, but a guaranteed, say, 12 months. And it's hard to determine whether you're going to get your value back out of that. But it introduces efficiency in managing the business so that rather than running, uh, I've heard like the man in the van kind of thing where you're running just from job to job to job trying to fix computers and stuff and, and you're always putting out fires. By investing some t- money and properly setting that, those kind of systems up, you become more efficient and you can maximize um, your revenue and profit through those for, you know, it'll work out cost wise over time. Right. And that's, that's the big, that's kind of the big speed bump is it, it takes time and money at first and you got to kind of figure it out and learn it and implement it. And, and it's all this upfront work, but uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things you just got to kind of trust that in the long run, it's going to, it's going to be beneficial. And I mean, you look at the, you know, multi-million dollar MSPs that are out there and they all have very robust, systems that are you, you you know that they've implemented that are doing this stuff for them but they had to start somewhere too and they had to go through these growing pains and implementations and stuff and right so you just you, got, you kind of have to do it if you want to grow yeah absolutely well and there are a lot of different options out there that you can put in place without having to go full bore you know it's like you, you don't you could use a crm solution customer you know client release relationship management system uh, like Salesforce, but Salesforce is so big and robust that it can just yeah. be overwhelming and the implementation of it is going to drive you crazy. So start with something smaller. Um, there are you know other products out there that are very easy and user friendly. I would you know look for those very low cost and, and ease into it if cost is a factor. Yeah, I know um, for, for us, there, for folks who are listening, there's Repair Shopper. Which is a, a kind of a, a CRM slash kind of marketing automation tool specifically for computer repair businesses. That's kind of oh, a good starting point. Right. Yeah. Um, another one is Kabuto, which oh. is um, a very lightweight RMM style um, uh, monitoring repair. Uh, I don't know what you would call, app that you would install on your your customers' computers that anytime they have an error. Or yeah. get a virus, it pops up a window saying, hey, you've got a problem, why don't you call so-and-so computer repair, and they, they can fix it for you. And then you can monitor some, some things, um, in, including I think there's a, a managed antivirus piece in there as well. But I think that's, that's right. a good kind of gateway into some of those more robust solutions. Yeah, endpoint management, I think. Yep, there you go. Yeah. That's, that's the, the term I was looking <laughs> that's for. That's the term you want, yeah. So, so many terms. Yeah, yeah of course. So, um, so we talked about this a little bit before um, the recording, how I, I like to think of business operations kind of like a foundation to a house. 
and right. kind of the, the you know the the marketing is is the front facing um the sales and the marketing is the front facing part of the business kind of like the house itself or the decorations right, or the, the, pretty the stuff. In, interior yeah the interior decoration or the paint or whatever um you know you could sometimes you focus too much on that and then you're building your house on you know a pile of mud or quicksand and and if right. the business you know isn't solid then it's really hard to keep the marketing machine going onboarding those clients giving them a good experience taking care of them while still you know getting more clients in um, that can be tough. So, yeah. you know, speaking of kind of just the business operations, that, um, that solid foundation, what, um, what are some kind of uh, just overall, you know, tips about what you can do to make your operation more efficient and then how that can then kind of bleed into your marketing efforts to make that better as well? Okay. Yeah, I really like the analogy of the house and the foundation. I think that describes it really well. And as we were kind of talking about earlier, um, you know, one of the things I think most people do when they start a business, I don't think most people start a business to run a business. You know, that would be, um, I'm, you do it because you have a gift that you want to give to the world and get paid for, right? Or you have a skill that you want to apply or you enjoy applying and you want to work for yourself and make more money or whatever the case is. But it's not because you're like just gung-ho about, oh, I, I can't wait to do HR compliance and <laughs> turn payroll and pay insurance and figure out healthcare. Like, you know, it, that's not, <laughs> it's probably not why you did it. Um, so when you're starting out building the house, operationally speaking, speaking first and, and it, the the marketing and the operations tie together and it's like i'd say start mm. by identifying your niche like what who are you going to sell to what and and why you know um i think most msps i've ever met when i say who are you going after i'm told doctors offices and attorneys because they have a lot of computers and I don't know. I guess that's why, you know, but in today's day and age, everybody has obviously has a computer, you know, and, you know, so I think what you can ignore key market segments and not go after them and then orient the, the operations of the business around those key market segments. You know, um, for example, I know there's an, an MSP in New York City and he works with graphic designers creatives, uh, uh, coders, and those kind of people to support their businesses. And what he's done is specialized in that niche and not only figured out how to fix their computers, but what is the software that they use and so that when the software breaks or when the software needs to be installed, right. he knows how to go in and do that. Um, when I was at the engineering company, we had an MSP working for us. And it was infinitely frustrating to me when we needed um, AutoCAD or the ArcGIS installed. Those two pieces of software they didn't they didn't knew nothing about. So it, we had to rely on ourselves to install them and become the expert. I got to tell you, I would have fired him immediately if an MSP walked in the door and said, "Oh yeah, I know AutoCAD and GIS. I can take care of that for you." I would have right. been like, "Done. You got the job." Yeah, you know? because. 
I, I had enough stuff to do that taking time to do licensing, you know, we weren't a very large engineering company, we were 25 people. So I, 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 I had enough other things to do that sitting down and kind of doing uh, fresh install and GIS licensing because the MSP didn't, it was an enormous waste of time. Um, but somebody who had specialized in engineers um, or, or found, found that niche that they wanted to serve, you know, you're, you're on your path and now you can uh, specialize yourself and your knowledge towards them, plus you can orient your marketing to speak their language and really kind of drive home something that they're going to latch on to, like, wow, this person really gets me and he understands my bit. I think we all want to be understood in some capacity and, you know, yeah. and, and, and connected with. And it, that can be lost when it's, I fix computers. It's like, yeah, I mean, you, you know, the people listening to the show will will feel like I kind of fed you those lines because I, I say that all the time. Uh, I'm, I'm always advocating to to you know focus on a on a market niche or right. kind of narrow down your focus to a specific industry that you know well. Um, I mean, my story is kind of follows that same track where I was running a computer business and I then I you know discovered I liked building websites and kind of the marketing side more. So I decided to to turn around and start building websites for computer business owners. And so now right. it's a world I understand. And and when when I say to a computer business owner, "Hey, I build websites for computer business owners. I know you know what you need. I know you know the services you provide and and the headaches you run into. Uh, they're more likely to go with me than to just you know some random right. web development agency because I'm speaking their language and and I know their their struggles. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, and, and that's that that tie that binds kind of thing. You know. Yeah. That's how friendships are made, really. So, and everything else falls into place because if if you right. once you do that and you have customers coming to you, then you can kind of you know they write your marketing for you, and then you can focus on um, the, the processes become easier because it's kind of a repeatable thing because your clients are all the same uh, as far right. as their their needs and their their struggles and um, you know yep. for for computer repair the 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 software they use is going to be similar and. Um, so exactly. everything just becomes so exactly. much easier when you when you do that. So I'm I'm so glad you <laughs> you said that. So it makes you know it backs me up. <laughs> it backs you up. No, it's absolutely imperative. And I think you know one one thing with finding a niche. I think just saying find a niche can be that alone can be very intimidating. So right. um, you know I want to kind of just throw out some ideas. Are like for you, you found. Did you have to create a website or something and say, "Hey, this is kind of fun, and I kind of I like doing this"? Or, or how yeah. did you? Find, okay, you know. Yeah, so you know, as an IT uh, person, your customers will naturally ask you to build their website because you know that's just it's on the computer, right. so why not? Um, and it, it, it so it was something I started dabbling in, and then I started getting better at it, and I started really teaching myself and and really enjoyed it, and so I just kind of slowly shifted my focus over to that. Okay. And I think that that is a really good model for finding a niche because you saw an opportunity and went after the opportunity, discovered you liked it, and then continued to develop it. And, and honestly, that follows my own story as well, where um, you know, I didn't get an MBA in business operations and you know, got some divine knowledge on it. It was, you know, uh, boots on the ground, grinding experience that that developed it. But in the process, I found I really like doing this. Like I really enjoy t- 
talking to people about their businesses and understanding them and kind of seeing the potential uh, when they're so far in the weeds, it's very hard for them to pull out and see the big picture and kind of say, I don't know where to go. You know, so um, going back to the niche, like think about your hobbies, think about your neighbor. What are your, what are the jobs your neighbors do? Um, you know, and how, is there something unique about that or interesting to you? Do you, do you spend a lot of time? Um, I don't know. What, what do you spend a lot of time doing? And is there a market there that's not being served by your competitors? Because everybody going after the same law office, you know, you're, what is that? There, somebody just told me this. It's not a blue ocean environment, which I'm going to kill the metaphor, but <laughs> yeah. the way it was explained to me was um, if everybody's in the same pond and you're all fighting, like it, it turns red with blood very quickly because everybody's fighting over the same scraps. But if you find a niche and go out into the ocean, the ocean's very blue and because there's nobody out there doing it. And I, I, definitely killed the metaphor. But <laughs> right. Yeah. I've, I've heard, I've heard that blue ocean thing before too. Yeah. And I, I don't remember I think it exactly. It's slightly used something slightly like that. But the point yep. nonetheless is, you know, you could determine, you could find the creatives, you could find what you like doing like with the, the website and, and go in that direction. Um, yep. So hopefully that's helpful, but you know, I, I, I want people to kind of niche down, understand themselves, understand what you like doing and don't like doing. Um, Business is so big and vast. You, you to to set up your foundation correctly. You don't have to like doing billing. You don't have to like entering receipts at the end of the day or tracking your mileage on a paper and you know putting it into Excel or something. Um, <laughs> there's nothing that says you have to like yeah. that. You know, but yeah, Dave Dave, uh, Dave Greenbaum chimed in in the chat. He said uh, he was much more interested in the back office stuff than the front. He's just nerdy okay. with spreadsheets. <laughs> So, you know, all right. So he, he likes that stuff or he wants yeah. to talk about that. He, no, he said he likes it. He's, oh, he's all right. more interested. See that that's great. That's a niche because I'm sure there are a lot of, he will know an area in business. Um, or I mean, he'll know a, a, a business industry that he can support in the back office stuff. You know, yep. that, I mean, that's, again, that's kind of what I did is like, I understand the technical businesses and consulting businesses and billing by the hour on retainers. So those are the people I like to work with and support. Now, if there's uh, a, you know, a computer business owner that, you know, they're, they're very technical, they love working with the computers or working with the technology and right. they, they found themselves in a business, maybe they got laid off or maybe, you know, they, that's just kind of where, where they are now. And they they just they're they're struggling with the 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 back end stuff and and the operations and even the marketing and they don't want to worry about it. Uh, is there any situation where it might make sense to like bring on a partner who could run the that part and then they could be the technician of the business? Uh, yes, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I I caution people on partnerships though, especially right. starting out on a business. Um, you know, friends can seem like a great idea to come up with. A, I've never been in a partnership on, for business, but my uh, observation of partnerships is that friends don't necessarily make the best partners. <laughs> yeah. You may end up being enemies at some point and lose a really great friend. Um, and they can be tough to figure out if without very crystal clear understanding of who's doing what. And what I mean by that is the person 
doing the back office stuff or, you know, managing the office, the culture of the company, all the employees and all of that stuff may like, they're going to be busy doing all that. And they could resent the person that's out on the front end doing the marketing and the sales. Cause it's like, well, what are you doing? Like you're going and meeting people and shaking hands and making pre- and drinking a lot of beer or something, right. <laughs> yeah. You know, having a lot of one-on-ones drinking coffee and beer and I'm back here busting my tail. And conversely, they're just not understanding that the salesperson is also busting their tail, meeting people, trying to bring in business and doing all this. And they're looking at you saying, you get to go to the office every day and sit on your butt and like, you know, crunch a few numbers. Right. So it, both are right, you know, but you have to be, you have to be very clear if you're going to bring on a partner as to what's expected of each person and be okay with it and make sure that you come back and talk often. It's, it's like a, it, it literally is a business marriage. So you've got to come back and have a frequent conversation about what's going white, right, what's going wrong, um, and making sure, check in with the other person to make sure that they're okay with the amount of work being handled on both sides so that bad blood doesn't develop down the line. You know? and, and of course, it's only going to get more complicated as the business grows, becomes more valuable, and more, as soon as greater sums of money are involved, that's really where you got to be careful about the resentment. I mean, right. that's kind of the negatives of the partnership. The good parts about it, absolutely. Uh, get If you can find someone that has skills that you don't have and they're interested in going into business, like you said, they're, they're laid off and they have a friend that's laid off and they know they have skill sets, give it a try. You know, if, like I said, it takes a clear understanding. It doesn't have to be, uh, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be a legal document. Um, I think a lot of that maybe goes into just spending a little bit more time up front talking with the person and kind of running through scenarios and getting to right. know them from a business standpoint. Absolutely. And I think if you can find someone who's like really excited about that back office stuff, um, go, that wouldn't yeah. you know care to go out and do sales or or whatever, um, right. You know that that might be a good a good match. Absolutely, yeah. And I, I that can be. Well, there's also comfort in that because you're not going alone, and um, yeah. it it can be very difficult for some people to go from an environment where you've always been around other employees. And then all of a sudden you're on your own and you're like, oh gosh, you know, I, got, I literally have to do everything. Um, just having one other person can be very, uh, it's just very comforting. Like you're dividing the risk into two and you're there for each other during the best and the worst of times. So I, I think emotionally that yeah, can be a really kind of like a marriage, right? <laughs> yeah, and it is. And I realize it's like, I'm talking more like the emotional aspects than the actual business aspects. The business aspects, I think, are very clear cut. You're right. You're going to divide responsibilities and you'll actually be able to accomplish a lot more, a lot more quickly with, you know, two, with two people. Yeah. One. Ideally. <laughs> Ideally. Yeah. And, and so, and, and, you know, that's, that's one route to take, but if you don't want to take that route, uh, and you already touched on this a little bit, but there's lots of, you know, technology and software that's already out there that right. can take care of a lot of that kind of back office stuff like you know we already mentioned CRM and RMMs and um, yeah. and and email marketing and and automated automation and stuff and automate um, automate 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 and so you can really kind of take care of all of that stuff as a one man shop um, you just got to take have the patience to set it all up and and figure it out right yeah and patience is such a key word you must be patient with yourself 
And with the business, it takes a long time when you're doing it on your own to set it up. But if you set it up right the first time, it, it will save you so much time and money and frustration down the road because that's going back to your house metaphor. You could build your house on the quicksand very, very quickly, but of course you're going to have disastrous problems later. But if you take the time to lay down a very proper, strong foundation, that house will be there forever. And if it grows, you can add, you know, you can add additions to it and build on top of it and just continue to build because you took the time to put in a proper foundation, you know, to, to build the systems out, to, to have accounting processes, to have billing procedures, um, yep. or even how to capture your time and effort. Uh, you know, that's right. Use, use software to capture your time on the job rather than jotting it down in a notebook and coming home. Cause you're, you know, if you're like me, like I don't want to come home have my kids come home from school and then sit down and say, Oh, let's get done. I'm going to sit and do some billing for a couple hours while, <laughs> right. you know, they go play games or something. Right. So, yep. Yeah. yeah and, and the, this day and age, there's so many great tools that are out there that we can use. There are. Why yeah. not? <laughs> Why Absolutely. not use them? Yeah. Cool. So as, as we wrap up here, um, one, one question that, uh, that you asked me to ask and, and I'm curious why. So I'm really, really wanting, <laughs> no, wanting to hear the answer me. to this. Um, what is one takeaway you want IT people to know about non-IT people? All right. Um, what I want, what I'd like IT people to realize, I think most IT people are problem solvers by nature and that they find technology. I, I think you probably look at a computer or some piece of technology when it breaks as a puzzle to be uncovered. So it's not frustrating. It's fascinating, you know? But for non-IT people, you should realize that when something breaks, it is like banging your head. You are instantly irritated and you become a two-year-old on a temper tantrum. <laughs> you know? I'm sure we can all relate to customers like that. That's right. And, and, but I think it's important to realize that that's the way we're experiencing technology. So when you come in, um, and this is what I've seen in working with people with IT, you know, with computer guys that are, are fixing things that what they, they'll do is they'll go in and they'll try to have like a very complex technical discussion about what happened and why you can't reason with a two-year-old having a temper tantrum. <laughs> Your first step is to get them settled down, make them calm, you know, and, and in the IT world, just fix the problem. Then once they're settled, I might be curious as to like, well, what happened and what should we do about it? Which also can lead to a very good upsell opportunity because now you can say like, well, this wouldn't have happened had you had virus protection. This wouldn't have happened if you had, you know, a real-time offsite backup where when you didn't, you got the ransomware, we could have had you up and going in a matter of seconds, but we had to wipe it clean and start over, you know? So it's, it, I, it's important to kind of know what you're walking into and realize that we're all self-centered individuals. And it's very important for you to realize like we're not all, we're, we're not all that interested in what you're interested in, you know? Right. So, so try right. to keep some empathy and perspective when you. It's easy to lose sight of that, especially when you're kind of in, in your business so much and you're focusing on just getting things fixed and getting things done and, 
solving those problems. Um, you forget that the, the customers could care less. They just want to get back right. up and running and just please fix it. You know, yeah. it, it doesn't work. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. And we got some, some comments in the chat. Very true. Or I noticed. <laughs> so I think a lot of people can relate. Okay. Uh, good. Good. Uh, cool. So um, we're going to wrap it up there. Um, if folks wanted to reach out to you, maybe if, if they needed some operational help or just kind of wanted to, uh, to, to yeah, say, say thanks, or something, yeah. what's the best way they could do that? Yeah, uh, go to the website, aspireadvisorygroup.com, uh, and you'll find a phone number or you can fill out the contact form there and uh, we can start having a conversation from there. And good to I'll put that, uh, that link in the show notes for you guys. Um, uh, Christian, stick around. We actually have a little bit of time where um, I'm going to go through some of the uh, some of the posts we have in our, our marketing Facebook group, and I'll okay. I'll have both of us kind of comment on a couple of those. And Sounds great. So yeah, we do that. Um, so stick All around right. before we do that. Let me do a sponsor spot really quick. Uh, so this show is brought to you by TechSite Builder. TechSite Builder is the place you can go to get a website for your computer business. Um, the thing that makes TechSite Builder different from lots of other um, website development firms or agencies you can go to is number one, it's super affordable at only $19 a month. You sign up for a plan and what you're given is basically a platform that you can use to build your computer business website on top of. Uh, the cool thing about tech site builder is it's specifically built for computer business owners. So, uh, it gives you, you know, access to lots of different like stock photos you can use of people using computers or people looking frustrated because their computer's broken or all that stuff that you'd have to go off and pay a bunch of money to, to get to be able to use legally. <laughs> uh, you can get it on, on Tech Site Builder. That's all included. We also give you all the important things you need on your website, like a, a map that shows your location, a place where you can put your phone number and your address, a place where you can list your services nice and neatly so people can see, you know, you do antivirus, you do backups, you do... Um, data recovery, and it's all there on on one screen. And uh, it also has a contact form and intake forms on the homepage and on other pages. So it makes it really easy for once people decide they do want to con- uh, you know, get in touch with you, whether they call you or fill out a contact form, it's all right there and it makes it very easy. Lots of stuff like that. Those, those are just a few examples. But uh, as you dig into TechSite Builder, there's lots of different... Um, opportunities for you to build an awesome website. And if you know if you don't have time, because we, we know we're all busy, um, if you don't have time to sit there and build your own website, we do offer concierge services where you can um, pay us uh, and we will set up your website for you. So we can set up the whole website. We can set up just a couple pages for you if you want. We can also uh, put together your SEO for you. And we can also write blog posts. We have a great content writer. Um, she's really awesome. She can write uh, very personable uh, posts about technology, but make it so that you know it's translated to the average person so they can understand um, and that they can get excited about it and then want to contact you. Uh, so we've got, you know, we were talking about processes earlier today. A tech site builder, we've got lots of processes around all these things so we can deliver them very affordably, very quickly. Uh, and and very effectively, and that's basically kind of the mantra of TechSite Builder: affordable, quick, and effective. And that's kind of everything we do at TechSite Builder uh, focuses around those three words. So you know, just give it a try, check it out. There's a thirty back, thirty day money back guarantee, so there's no risk to just try it out for a month. And uh, 
If you like it, you can stay on board. If not, uh, no harm, no foul. Uh, you can move on. Uh, but that is at techsitebuilder.com, and we hope to see you there. All right, so let's, uh, let's take a peek at the Computer Business Marketing Group. Uh, for you guys who are listening, if you're not in that group, uh, definitely get on over there. Just search for Computer Business Marketing in Facebook, and it's, it's a group called Computer Business Marketing, uh, and um, it's just a bunch of computer business owners talking about how to get more clients and, uh, and grow their businesses. A lot of great conversations in there. Uh, let's see, there's one post I wanted to highlight here. It's from Rod Miller. He says, um, BNI education topics needed. I am in a referral group similar to BNI. I'm the education leader for this year, which requires me to present a topic pertaining to getting new business or marketing or interacting with others, et cetera. So far this year, um, he's grabbed some ideas uh, and he put a couple of websites there, but that um, well is starting to run dry. So he's asking anyone if they have recommendations for good topic ideas for a networking group. I wanted to bring this up just because it reminds folks that networking groups are are great places to go to um, to network <laughs> and and find uh, other business owners that can help refer you uh, their clients and that's kind of how BNI works, right? You refer each other's clients uh, to each other as business owners, and then you can also establish yourself as an authority by giving these talks. Um, it helps you get comfortable giving talks, and the more you give talks, the the more you're able to kind of easier easily translate those technical issues to people. And, and it just, it's, it's a win-win on lots of different levels. In fact, Christian and I met not at a BNI, but like at a kind of a networking mixer uh, here in, in right. uh, Washington DC area. Um, and so it's a great place to just meet folks that you can collaborate with on different stuff, like a podcast, for example. Um, so that's one thing I wanted to bring up. And then I, I don't know, Christian, if you have any ideas, maybe for Rod of some, some good topics that would, that would fit in kind of a BNI style setting. Um, I've done BNI. I'll have to, uh, I have been a How's member your experience of that. with that. Yeah. I had a really good experience. I thought it, it, it's a great group of people and what I, to give a little BNI plug here. The one thing that works for BNI is that you're not in competition. Your competition is not present. It's right. a one, one person from each industry is in each chapter, each little group. So, um, which can be nice because you'll be the only computer business owner or computer repair business owner there, which, uh, you know, it just gives you a leg up and allows you to meet a lot of different people. Uh, I also recommend, um, my personal recommendation would be to find a group of 30 or more people if you're going to do BNI, just because you want to maximize the networks that you can tap into. And the more members, the better off you'll be. You know, with that um, education, so like education on 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 uh, selling and getting more business. Yeah. Oh, um, I mean, it could be anything, right? There's so many. I know. Well, and it's hard too because in BNI, it's because it's such a vast network of individuals. Like, what would work for computer business owners would might be different than you know than other business owners. Right. Um, so they'd have to look for like more general kind of broad. Business yeah. topics. Um, Someone in the comments mentioned um, picking up just some like some business books and reading them, and then maybe taking some, you know, a chapter or two out of those books and just kind of regurgitating that information, but putting right. it in your own words. Um, that way, you're not trying to reinvent the wheel, uh, but, but you're you're kind of putting your own spin on something you learned in a in a business book. Yeah, or sell with em- empathy. I would say, like, ah. 
listen, listen, listen. Like that is the key to selling. It's not talking. It's not, you know, telling them what you do and, and, and what you have to offer and, uh, and, and how great you are. You know, it's, it's asking lots of questions and then be quiet and just listen and let them run. And you'll get so much great information. They'll do the selling. Really the best way to sell is to let the person sell themselves on you. And it's, you ask questions and then they become convinced that you are the person, you are the one to serve, you know, you're the man, like come, come work. You've got to come fix this for me. You understand me. And you're, and you're kind of like, okay. All I did was, yeah, I just <laughs> shook, nodded my head and, <laughs> yep. 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 Exactly. And I heard another good technique is to repeat back what they tell to you. So they say something you say, so I'm understanding that you're saying blah, blah, blah. And you just kind of repeat it back. And Right. Yeah. And that's the yeah. listen with empathy. That That's yeah. key there. Yeah. Cool. And I think that's something as, as computer, you know, repair people, we're uniquely in that a situation where we're dealing face to face with people a lot in high stress situations very technical situations where we have to maybe explain things in non-technical terms. Right. We could take those skills that we've learned doing that and kind of use that as a talk. I like that. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. Um, yes. Cool. So, so that's a good one. Uh, and there was another one I wanted to bring up really quick and it's really not anything, you know, up for discussion and it's actually something you need to be in the group to see, but it's a video that uh, Cormac posted and it's basically a, um, uh, marketing video, uh, and it's it's something that it looks like he just shot on his cell phone. Um, apparently, he is uh, in the UK somewhere where it's they're having snow, like a big snowstorm, oh. and so he took advantage of it's it's kind of I guess it's it's somewhat rare over there. So he took uh, advantage of that, and um, he went out on a sled and brought a laptop with him and said, "I'm going to help speed up this laptop," and then just took it with him down on the sled as like a you know a, <laughs> a, a funny thing. Yeah. Um, and uh, and so I th- I thought it was very you know personable and and uh, and it you know he it shows him and it shows him out in the real world having fun. Um, he called it laptop snowboarding. <laughs> so oh. um, I think that's just a great example of you know just finding opportunities to get the word out and have fun with your marketing and. Um, and yeah, don't take creative. yourself too seriously. Get creative. Yeah. yeah. Show some personality in marketing. I think that's the other, th- you know, um, I think it's important in today, in today's market to show personality and to, to take some risks. Um, you know, it can feel very uncomfortable because there's like, especially myself having gone through business school, there was like the prescribed method as to like what you were supposed to do. Like I had, uh, I have a business degree and then a geography degree. So two, two different <laughs> interesting. Things. Yeah. You know, that, that's a whole other story, but uh, <laughs> um, you know, it, there's, there was like a prescribed way of marketing businesses, but that whole model has been thrown out the window and people like to buy from people that are most like themselves, mm. you know, and if your marketing is, devoid of personality, it's hard for someone to get a sense of who they're buying from, you know, especially, especially when the business is smaller, when a business becomes large in a behemoth, it, it takes on a whole life like uh, Amazon, like, right. Does Amazon give you the warm and fuzzies anymore? Do you feel like you're, you know, you, you think of Amazon, you're like, Ooh, I just, I just want to hang out with that Amazon and have a beer. Yeah, it's, <laughs> that little, it's that like, little yeah. smile arrow in the logo only gets right. you so far. 
Right. It only, it, yeah, you brought up something about the logo. Like when people start a business and like they want to get. Oh, that's right. The, nobody cares. I Sorry, <laughs> but really nobody cares. You know, they don't care about your logo. It's who are you as a person? What can you do for me? How can you help me? Um, you know, and can you do what you say and, and build a, build that out, build a proper reputation based on, on doing what you say you're going to do and, and having some personality with it. You know? Yep. And I think, um, one of the people in the, in the chat, Dave Greenbaum is really good with that. His, his business is called Dr. Dave, um, or call Dr. Dave. And, uh, and so it's, you know, it's very, it's his name. It's very personable. He's the guy that shows up at your door most of the time. And yeah. uh, any any marketing he does, you know, it's him doing it, and and so it's just infuse your personality into the business. Now, of course, if 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 you grow the business, th- it, that's harder to do, right? Because you're you're going to end up sending out technicians and stuff to do the work, right? Um, but I, I think you can still be the face. I mean, you see those businesses where it's like Bob's Discount Furniture or you know whatever, where the 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 person who founded the company is still the face of the company, right. even though he has hundreds of employees working for him. Then I'm I'm glad you brought that up because that was something I've been thinking about, which is um, a, a lot. I remember this one guy I was working with, and he and he hated selling. He he just. He didn't like do it. He didn't like speaking in front of people or meeting them. He wanted, so the first person he wanted to hire was a salesperson. And I I think that's a terrible idea for any business owner because you're giving up control of everything when you do that. Like the the image of the company you've just put into somebody else's hand and, and said, here, go out and sell it. So you're not getting feedback from your customers on your service. You're not finding new opportunities or new niches like you with the, the websites and stuff, you know, um, you're not controlling the messaging or any of that stuff. Even if you train them and say, here's what I want you to say and how I want you to do it. You know, you're, you're, it's your company. It's imperative that you control that, that sale aspect and, and hire everything else. So if you're terrified of selling, um, I've gone through this Sandler sales program. I thought it was a really good, program to check out uh, or some kind of sales training just to get comfortable with that and to realize it's, you know, selling is not used car sales strategies. <laughs> yep. And, and we've had a, a couple uh, episodes talking about that and, and I'll put a link to the, the show notes. And what we've talked about in those episodes is, yeah, when you're selling, you're not really like, hey, let me get you this good deal and open the trench code and look right. at all these, you know, stuff. You're really just kind of talking about what you do and putting your personality out there and 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 like you said, listening to the customer, finding out what they need, and then helping, you know, to show them that you can provide what they need. And so right. you just treat it as a conversation, you treat it as a way to help them, um, you treat it as a listening session, and it and then the stress level kind of goes down after right. that. Absolutely. Cool. All right. Well, I think that's a good place to wrap it up. We are okay. out of time. So, um, hey, Christian, I appreciate it. Lots of great, great actionable tips. Um, I, I had a, I had a blast talking to you. So, I yeah, I had a blast too. On. Thanks for having me on. Yep. No problem. So, uh, guys, that's going to do it for this episode of the Computer Business Marketing Show. Let's keep the conversation going, though. Head on over to computerbusinessmarketing.com if you're listening to this on a podcast later on. Uh, and you want to leave some comments or let us know what you think, go to computerbusinessmarketing.com and we have the show notes and the show episodes for every episode there. 
And you can leave uh, comments under the uh, show notes for this particular episode, which is uh, episode number 44. Uh, also, don't forget to join us in the Facebook group. Just search Computer Business Marketing in Facebook and you can find it. Also, if you listen to the show in iTunes or Stitcher, uh, we'd love to get a review. Just, uh, you know, go in there, give us however many stars you think the podcast is worth. Um, let, let me know what you think about it. And every review you leave does help, you know, build up our reputation on those platforms so people can find the show. Uh, also, don't forget to check out our sponsors, uh, IT Owners Compass at itocompass.com and Tech Site Builder at techsitebuilder.com. Thank you for checking out this episode of the Computer Business Marketing Show. My name is Matthew Rodella saying, here's to your success. Mm-hmm.